0: Hello, hello again. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I know, I know, there's no music. I'm sad about that as well, but uh, I've kind of figured out that it's probably the better idea not to use someone else's music on my podcast. So, while well, it's disappointing, we are where we are, and uh, we march forward. I'm Spencer Pollack, Cybersecurity Attorney at Niles Barton and & Wilmer, and host of the Cyber Law Revolution podcast glad you're back. I got to give a huge sur- uh, shout out to Insurance Nerds and Tony Canis for helping me spread the message you know, about the cyber law revolution. I encourage you to go check out Insurance Nerds and Tony Canis' LinkedIn page. They produce lots of great content. Tony is a very knowledgeable uh, passionate guy who I'm very excited to have on the program soon. So check him out and keep the questions and comments coming to me. You know, I love them. I love all these questions and comments because they are challenging and they keep the discussion going. Call me at 443-381-3586 or email me, sspollock, that's P-O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. So today we're going to talk about two things. First is going to be the zero hour, i.e. what you do when a cyber incident starts or a data breach starts. Second is, what do I do for a living because I seem to have a few questions that start with Well, Spencer, what is a cyber attorney? What exactly do you do as a breach coach? And do you work? Well, let me answer affirmatively for the last question. Yes, I do work. I promise you. So we're going to talk about those two things. They're definitely interweaved together. So jumping to the zero hour. The zero hour occurs when you open your computer and you see a nasty little note from a hacker saying, take a deep breath, step back, Don't turn your computer off. We've got control of your systems. So what do you do? Well, I'm hoping what you've already done was weeks and months before that, where you've made your plan, where you crafted this data breach response plan so you know how to handle it. Because what we know is that a data breach costs on average $3.86 million. But companies that have this plan to deal with the data breach, have the people there who are gonna implement the plan and test it save on average $1.2 million. So it's huge savings. And why is that? Where does that why do companies that are prepared save? I want you to think of a data breach like a class five tornado without a warning sign. You literally are hit by this tornado when you least expect it. But those companies that are ready for it and have the people in place, are, we are able to weather that storm much more effectively. So how do you start that process? Well, you need to start incorporating internal and external parties such as lawyers and cybersecurity forensics. You need to have specialized people who are going to help you draft these plans to figure out who needs to be involved, and they're going to show you how to run these mock breach roundtables to get you ready. So let's jump back to the zero hour. You know, you've opened your computer, you see that note, all your systems are down. Who do you call first? Well, I look at it as a dual track. Those who have cyber insurance and those who don't. And let me emphasize this. If you don't have cyber insurance, you need cyber insurance. I don't care how big your company is, I don't care where it's located, I don't care how many employees, how many clients, how much your revenue is, get cyber insurance. It's not expensive, and it's going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars if a data breach happens. But I'm not saying you should just go out and call a random insurance broker. You need brokers that are specialized in cyber. So call me. I'll get you in touch with people that I've vetted that are laser-focused on cyber. And that's because, just like the law, cyber coverages are changing very fast. So you need people who are studying these changes and understand the coverages that are necessary. So you have cyber insurance. First call is obviously to the carrier, because then the carrier is going to put you in touch with someone like me. For those who don't have cyber insurance and have the unfortunate event of a cyber attack, your first call, first action, I want you to pick up the phone, And I want you to dial 443-381-3586. And I want you to call me. But in all seriousness, obviously, I want you to call me. You need to get an attorney involved. So the question from there I get is, well, why wouldn't we call a forensic slash cybersecurity company first? Why do we need to call an attorney? If you don't retain an attorney first, then everything that's going on could potentially be aired in the public later. That's because the law does not view it as protected. But if your attorney is retained and then goes retains these vendors on your behalf, i.e., forensics, PR, credit monitoring, etc., that's protected under attorney client privilege and attorney work product. So this is one of the biggest things an attorney is going to do for you when a data breach happens. They're one, they're going to bring vetted experts to handle their data breach with them, but they're going to protect everything they do. They create this massive umbrella for you where you get to stand under it, stay dry as the rainstorm hits. So you call me, what do we do? We sit down, we talk about what happened, how it happened, when it happened, potential information involved, potential laws impacted, the whole kind of legal analysis that I'm going to go through. So at that point then, I'm going to bring you a couple of different cybersecurity forensic companies that I've that I've vetted. They're top of the line. You're gonna tell me which one you want to retain, and we're gonna retain them on your behalf. After the cybersecurity forensic company finishes their investigation, they'll be able to tell us, well, X file was uh, accessed by the hackers, or Y file was taken out, but you're gonna know what information is within those files. And that's important because, depending on what information is in those files, Will then depend on what laws could be implicated. So then we bring in a data mining company. Data mining companies basically are going to go through every file, every document, every email that could be, that was implicated or that was seen or taken by a hacker, and go through it with a fine-tooth comb to figure out exactly the names of the people in these files and the information taken. Before they start that process. What I do is I sit down with them and I help them craft the list of terms that I want them to be looking for. Once again, we need to make sure we're looking for every potential definition, term, and all the variety of different laws. Social security numbers, health information, medical, biometric, email, email with password, all these different terms that could hit a law. So after they finish doing their investigation, they give us this lovely report that's got the names of your clients or employees that were impacted and the information that was impacted. So from there, then I start my giant nerd process, i.e. my legal deep dive. I take all that information and I go through every location where these individuals live to figure out if the law is implicated. So to give you an example, let's say client X lives in Florida. And his social security number was seen, but not taken by a hacker. Well, we know under the Florida law, social security number could, uh, most likely is implicated. And we know that the hacker only needs to see it. They don't need to take it. You know, a lot of laws are see and take, but Florida is unique. So we know that we probably have to deal with the Florida cyber law. Maybe client Y lives in Maryland, and it was health information. Well, we know under the definitions in Maryland that health information is included in that law. So we know that's implicated. So we go through every state where these individuals live, every country, to figure out if the law applies. Based on the definitions, based on the test they put forth, based on whether or not it's a breach under that law. So once we determine the laws that apply, then we figure out how to do notification. So once again, notification is going to be based on what law is implicated. So we need to figure out how quickly we need to get the notice out. And every state, every country is different. So we figure out how quickly we need to get it out, and then we craft what is on this notification. Each law is going to give you a different standard about what you need to include. So I make sure we're including the necessary information. We figure out how we need to get it delivered, and then we figure out who. Right? Do we need to contact these regulators? Do we need to contact the FDIC? Do we need to contact the FBI? Do we need to get more law enforcement involved? I help coordinate all of that and figure out how to get you compliant. And then after that, after we send those notif- notifications out, I wait. And I wait with you. And hopefully we don't get any calls. Hopefully no regulators call. Hopefully there's no lawsuits. But if there are, that's what I'm here for. And that's what I also handle. So, that kind of gives you an overview of what I do. You know, I look at my job as to make your life easier and to keep you out of trouble. I keep you compliant and I just try to get you back to doing what you do best servicing your clients, producing your products, running your business, and really trying to tra- take the stress out of this very stressful situation. So, that kind of gives you a broad scope of what I do. You know, I'll We'll do more deep dives moving forward, but I wanted to make sure anybody who had those questions knew that I actually do work and I actually do legal functions with within the cyber world. Send your questions, comments. Love to keep discussing it. Call me, 443-381-3586, or email me, Pollock. that's P-O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. Thanks for listening, and can't wait for the next episode of the Cyber Law Revolution. Have a great day.